Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So did you call Jamal? I did. He's doing also some little business deals for the church, so he had to go. I am concerned that I haven't seen Jamal supporting you in Potomac at events. You're always alone. If I haven't brought him around you all, it ain't personal. The man is very booked and very busy. I think all of us and our husbands are very booked and very busy. And he doesn't live in my home. He actually lives about eight states away. She has all these requirements for us as girlfriends about how our man should be treating us. But... She doesn't demand anything of the man that she says she is with. Yeah. Can you say broken? Is he not proud of you? Oh. He is very much proud of me. Well, then the proud man is with his woman. This is what saying, you're saying you need, Karen, I don't need that. I'm sorry. Has anyone seen Jamal? You don't need to see him. No, no, no. You're not not having sex with him. Praise the Lord. No, Father God, no. Hallelujah. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine, a bonus Potomac episode. I've been missing talking about Potomac. I've been missing talking about Bravo shows in general. Um, I just, you know, three times a week is a lot of episodes to come out. And I just was like, you know, it's really tough to talk about Potomac because I want them to come out quickly and because the shows come out on Sunday and my show comes out on Monday. It's like, I don't necessarily always have the time to watch a nine o'clock show, take notes for it and then record it and have it come out on Monday. So this week, now that I have a little bit more free time because married at first sight is over. I'm like, what the hell? I'll talk about Potomac this week. And this was a really great episode. I think I, yeah, 
I, I liked it. I really, really liked it. I thought we got really more into the dynamics of, I believe, where the women are today. Because there seemed to be probably the biggest question is, like, what is happening between Karen and Giselle's relationship? Why does it seem so strained in the present day? And the picture is becoming a little bit more clear now. And I'm liking what we're seeing. (sighs) Should I talk about my feelings about Karen and Giselle? Do I both feel like they're vital to Potomac? Absolutely. If I had to pick somebody who was my favorite, Karen, without a doubt. I think Giselle is a shitster, but I also think that she moves the storyline. I think she creates content and I think as much as like I would never want to be her friend unless this was like a Robin and Karen or Giselle type of situation because Giselle seems to only really receive and respect Robin when she communicates with her and when she has issues with her but everybody else is just like a complete shit show which like again great for television, not great for off television. You know, there's always a conversation of like, who is good and who is good for the show? I believe Karen is both good and good for the show. I think Giselle is good for the show. Okay. She's a great housewife. And let's talk about the episode. (laughs) So where did we live off since I last spoke about the, these women? Candace has filed a lawsuit. Monique has filed a counter lawsuit alleging second degree assault. Um, uh, Giselle and Jamal had a conversation in a car about being for each other and making it work and like taking that next level and being serious with each other. Um, Juan has spoken to Robin's parents to get the green light to propose to her again. Wendy has four degrees. Have you ever heard of that? I don't know if I got that right. I think it's four. Um, yeah, Monique is still for the most part off the show. We see little snippets here and there. Uh, Ashley and Michael are still kind of working out their issues since he you know, was out here in his panties at like the Hard Rock Hotel or wherever he was in DC. (laughs) And yeah, that's where we are with all the ladies. So the girls are going to Portugal. Obviously, Monique is not going to be invited because this is like Ashley's trip. She's friends with more so Candace. They're trying to redevelop their relationship after their drama with each other. And You know, it's just kind of, you know, once Monique filed that counter lawsuit, there really was no way to then say, hey, I'm going to invite you to an international trip. Clearly, Candace was going to feel some type of way about that. Wendy was going to feel some type of way. Robin and definitely Giselle were going to feel some type of way. It's really just Ashley and Karen that are still communicating with Monique, so... Sorry, girl, you got cut out. But I, it feels like this conversation where uh, Karen goes to meet Monique and tell her about... It seems like production still wants Monique to be involved. 
in the show. So I'm wondering if that bodes well for her next season. They have not filmed the reunion yet. So I'm really, really curious what is going to happen with Monique's future on the show. Is she going to bow out on her own? Is she... I don't know. I think she's really got to play how she navigates this whole Candace situation at the reunion. And I think that is going to be the determining factor on whether or not she makes it next season. So, like I said, Monique and Karen are at breakfast. At Wendy's... No, Monique was not there. Ashley had a conversation with Monique in which Ashley told her, basically, Karen told me she had a conversation with Candace and Karen told Candace that if she were in her position, she would have also pressed charges. So Monique wants to talk to Karen about why she would say that. She kind of twisted, I thought, and said, you know, well, Ashley told me that you insinuated that, you know, that like you kind of encouraged Candace to press charges. And I think that's like, maybe it is a thin line, but I think saying if I were in your position, I would do X is not it could be an encouragement of, yeah, I think you should do it, but I don't think it's necessarily an endorsement. Eh, I think that's a very thin line. And I don't think that that was Karen's intention to tell Candace that you should do it. You know, I just, I could see how you would get there. I think that's all Karen was saying. I think Karen's been writing a really good line of being a friend to both Monique and Candace and she even tells Monique that but like you know I've been just truthful and honest to Candace as I have been to you about this whole situation and frankly my relationship with Candace is kind of suffering from it because she doesn't like what I have to say about remaining friends with you and you know that's the price of being fair and I think Karen understands that and she's standing in her truth and I really love that because It can be very easy to talk out of both sides of your mouth and say, I'm supporting you when you're with one person and say, I'm supporting you with your, in another, because are they going to find out not now, but maybe eventually if they start to get back friends with each other and then it's like, then you're the issue. But I think Karen is playing this absolutely perfectly by being very firm and saying, I'm going to remain friends with both of you. And if you don't like that, then you cannot like that. (laughs) But that's not going to change how I'm going to treat you and how I'm going to treat her. Monique says she really understands that. Like, you know, she tells uh, Karen, I would never be mad at you because you remain friends with Candace. You know, I wish Candace would feel the same. I wish she would be more understanding. And I understand that, like, she is the victim in the situation and she has every right to feel some type of way. But, you know, it stings a little bit. But you're going to just have to... I was going to say take that on the chin. That wasn't nice. Not un- Unintentional. Unintentional. <laughs> Let's move on. So Michael and Ashley are talking about Ashley going to Portugal. Baby Dean will be staying in the country. They have a nanny who's going to be with Dean during the day. And then Michael will come back from work and put him down for bed. So Michael's in his like full Mr. Rogers outfit with the cart, not the cardigan, the the sweater and the button down underneath. And, you know, he's like, oh, Dean will be going everywhere I'm going. (laughs) 
really bad, isn't it? <laughs> then he holds up Dean in a way that like puts them cheek to cheek to each other. So Michael and Dean, are, their faces are right next to each other. And I've truly never seen anybody look more sinister with a baby than Michael. And that's his kid. <laughs> like it's, it's one thing to look bad with a baby that's not even yours, but this child lives in your home. He came from you. Those are your ge genetics. Why does he look so scary with him? Michael has children. You would think he would be a little bit more paternal and a little bit more natural just holding a child. And yet nothing. If anything, it was scary. If It was... I, I was uncomfortable seeing this. So it was so sinister that I didn't even notice for a while how crazy Ashley's eye looked. What's happening there? Because last episode we saw her mom with a patch. Or a situation going on with her eye. And then next time it seems like she caught it. Is it like a sigh or something? Oh, I don't know. Something. Something wicked this way comes. So we find out that Ashley has filed a written a statement on Monique's behalf to talk about uh, Ashley's interaction with Candace last season in which um, Ashley kept saying, you live in your mama's house. Don't hurt your mama's uh, knife. That's her knife. Um, and Candace, you know, threateningly putting a butter knife in between the both of them. I could not believe this. This was like a full on Michael Corleone mafia move because Ashley then says, you know, last year when, you know, on the fifth time that Michael Darby was caught squeezing ass, Monique and Chris were really uh, supportive of us during that time. And I just felt like I should be supportive of Monique during this time. And I just feel like this is such bullshit. This is like a bullshit and like, no, you know, lawyers are just doing their job, but I, is this like r truly admissible in court or is this like a circumstantial evidence? Like what, how, <laughs> it just felt very stupid to me to be like, oh, well, we kind of got into a screaming match, uh, a year ago. I don't really know how much relevance that has into this situation other than like you're creating a pattern of violence and and erratic behavior on Monique's part but or on um, Candace's part but I just felt like that was real mafia you scratch my back I scratch yours and we get that flashback to the reunion in which Monique said oh you know I never looked at the footage of Michael Darby allegedly squeezing and groping the cameraman's butt because I was told that this happened in the basement and even though this event was at our house and we have cameras everywhere we don't have cameras in the basement okay well we know that it didn't happen in the basement right didn't wasn't this like her, her rainbow baby shower or baby party and all of this was outside and I think we saw a very little short clip of like the camera guy saying, don't touch me or don't do that. That was outside. That was not in the basement. Am I crazy? And I just felt like, mm, that felt very, 
And then Ashley says that she and Monique had grown really close over the past year and Monique was fully informed of the fact that she and Michael had a, an open relationship and had introduced other people into their relationship or however she worded it. And then we get the flashback to the pre-fight in the barn before the girls got into it of Ashley saying, oh, you know, me and I, Michael have opened our relationship up and they zoom in on Monique's reaction of her being like, wow, really? I had no idea. What? <laughs> good, good. Well done on you, Monique. Well done on that. But to me, it just feels very, mm, I did you a favor and now you're doing me a favor, Ashley. And I, mm, 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 mm. So then all the ladies head to Portugal and they get on the airplane. Wendy realizes that she has to sit next to Karen. And this is the moment where I just like really, really love Karen. Because Karen goes, oh, um, I made sure that we sat next to each other on the trip there. And then she looks right at the camera and smiles like, <laughs> look at me, girls. La Dame has done it again. <laughs> and I'm just obsessed with her. I really am obsessed with her. And like, does anybody do like tax stuff. I was wondering if I could buy a Ladam wig because she has a wig line out now. And if I could buy it and if I could write it off on my taxes as like an expenditure for the podcast, I probably could, right? Like if I just do like a quick 30 second Instagram video about it, put it up on the Patreon. Could I do that? Is that illegal? I'm not trying to get caught up like Ryan, Robin or, you know, Uncle Ben. Let me know. Let me know if I can do that. Because those shirts are not cheap. They're like $500, the one I wanted. So, let me know. So then, it gets so much more funny. Because they get to Portugal. (laughs) They have to ride in these vans to the hotel. (laughs) And Karen bumps her head on the top of the van trying to get in. And then she does this like complete... Gone with the wind style, dramatic, fainting movement. God, I just really love her. And you know what? Shout out to Bravo, because when they get to the hotel, they're finally getting the budget that they deserve. That was a very nice hotel. All of them had those, like, gorgeous bathtubs. They all had nice suites. This wasn't like when when Cynthia planned that trip to God, where they go Italy or something. And then they had that like crusty Airbnb that she picked out ugh, with like all those twin beds do better. And, and Atlanta gets the best ratings out of all of the franchises. Why are they not getting the budget? Thank you for spending the coin. I know that there's like a little bit of a breakdown between like what the cast has to pay and what production's willing to pay. But I, I, I appreciate that they splashed out the cash on this. this. These are the trips that housewives deserve. These are the accommodations that we deserve to see. Because I shouldn't have to be subjected to Giselle's $900,000 cabin teardown and that purple, that Barney purple wall. Give me a marble floor. Give me lush carpeting. Give me a balcony. 
this is what I have been putting in the work to see. So the ladies go to dinner because they got to, uh, you know, they got, they got in late. So they just go to dinner in the hotel. Once again, we're subjected to Giselle's fashion. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Why did Giselle try to pass off a children's place child's belt on her head as though it's a, a true Gucci with rhinestone on top headband? Why does she do that? Why does she do that? It's rude at this point. And you know what? I watched Watch What Happens Live afterwards and Karen was one of the guests. And <laughs> she basically said that Giselle is known for her tragic fashions and so she should just keep it at this point. <laughs> because this is what she's known for. Oh my gosh. Uh, so they all sit down to dinner. Karen orders milk. She says <laughs> that she's been having an ulcer and it's been acting up. It's been cut in her stomach, so she doesn't want to drink. Ashley thinks that she doesn't want to drink because, as we saw the last trip, when they went to Monique's cabin, a lake house, that, you know, Karen spilled the beans. And Giselle spilled them to everybody else about how she had to give Ray all this money to get him out of debt with his taxes and how she wants her money back. And Ashley thinks she's just not trying to risk it anymore. She might she might be onto something there. Wouldn't you know, Wendy wants to talk about her degrees and her beef with Karen about over her degrees again. <sighs> but fortunately, she pivots into a story about her parents coming to America, how her father worked at the fast food at a fast food restaurant. He got uh, promoted to manager and he was so proud of this promotion that he decided to name his second daughter after said restaurant. Thus, how we got Wendy. <laughs> Did y'all see Robin's reaction? I don't know what you call this, but when you like are trying not to laugh so hard that your cheeks fill up with air. <laughs> like, Robin was like, I did not think that was where you're going with this story. <laughs> Robin has been giving us reaction shot after reaction shot. She's so fucking funny this season. She has been real sleepy up to this season. I don't know what's happening. I honestly think 
she's getting some regular D. And I think it's really making her open up and be a lot more playful. And I'm, thank you, Juan, for putting it in her. Now we get to see the real Robin. She's so funny. <clears throat> so, Wendy, if Wendy is an ode to the Wendy's restaurant, are Wendy's Four Degrees an ode to Wendy's Four for Four special? Has anybody thought about that? It's just something to think about. Let me know. Putting it out there. If you don't like it, send it back. Send it back. So Candace talks to the waiter. She has heard about this traditional uh, shop that they have that's like um, rum and passion fruit. And they all make jokes about how the name of the shot sounds kind of like Pum Pum or like Punani. And then uh, <laughs> Giselle... Giselle takes this opportunity to turn to Ashley and say, well, since we're talking about Coochie, how are you and Michael doing? Are you giving him any? (laughs) On what planet would you ask somebody that question that way? (laughs) She is a true mess. A mess. Ashley says she's officially back 100% into the relationship, even though she said a couple weeks ago that she was like 60-40 on the way out. And they're like, how did you get to 100% so quickly? Karen thinks that Giselle only mentioned this because she tries to find the most vulnerable, like a, like a hawk in the sky, trying to find, you know, the poor little warthog with its, a damaged leg. Not that Ashley's a warthog, but you know what I mean? I'm just making metaphors here and go after them. And I don't disagree but Giselle or excuse me um Karen also thinks that like she does this as a deflection from her whatever's going on in her life Mm. so then Wendy asked Ashley like are you worried about being on this trip because the last time Michael you know did what he did you were out of town and Ashley's like no you know I'm really more understanding of the situation now and I'm understanding of past circumstances, whatever that means. You know, I just wasn't being the supportive wife to Michael that I should have been. And thank God for Robin again, because she's like, this, that is what you took from the situation that you weren't being supportive enough. And, you know, she says, you need to stop taking responsibility for Michael cheating on you because... I, when I was having those kids, I just did not have the energy to pay attention to one, but the men need to hold themselves accountable. And she's 100% correct. Like you, I actually think it's disgusting. (laughs) I, I am more upset about a man cheating on their wife after they have a kid than in any other situation. Like cheat away. I mean, that it sucks and it's not cool and it's heartbreaking, but To do it when she just had a kid, her hormones are raging. She had your kid. Hormones out of control. Probably not feeling like she, this is her body anymore. Like Ashley said last week, like I just felt like my whole body was functioning for Dean. I'm, you know, breastfeeding him and I just don't feel that sexual and that sexy. And I, I just, 
wasn't there in that mental space. And especially because it's very clear that Ashley is going through some kind of postpartum situation with her emotionally. To be like, for him to part those thin little leathery lips to say that he didn't feel supportive supported enough by Ashley and he wasn't you know his physical needs weren't being met that's like you're an old man shouldn't your sex drive be a lot lower at this point one but also if you don't want to have a kid so badly that your reaction is to cheat on your wife then like that's a conversation that you need to be having with her you really, he need, really, he needed to tell her, and I know he told her a couple of seasons ago, like, oh, I'm afraid of having children with you because of, um, you know, how your mom raised you, which is truly one of the most disgusting things I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> Basically, your mom's a shit mother, and I'm scared that you're going to turn out like her. Go, could you, <laughs> Ooh. every time I think about that, it like hits me in a new way. What a vile little vermin he is ugh, nasty but it's also like if you don't want children that badly and you know she does let her go let her go and move on to another guy who would be thrilled to be with her and who would be thrilled to fill her up with babies i know that's gross but like you know that's what she wants so let her move on let her move on He's sick. And the fact that, like, she now believes that she is responsible for the fact that he cheated is even sicker. Like, he is allowing her to think that. He's allowing her to to feel that way. There's just no way that she's saying that to them and not to him. She has intimated at some point that, like, she feels some sense of responsibility for him cheating on her. And that's absolutely not something that she should be doing and he's taking advantage of that and it's sick it's really sick <sighs> moving on you somebody and i'm sorry this because this was like a couple months ago somebody sent me an article about juan and about him injuring you know his end of the nba career was kind of like tumultuous i think there were like injuries and also maybe like a weed there was something happening with him that like he had to leave the nba and he ended up going to europe to play basketball there was a whole article that was supposed to be like kind of a redemption um song for him about how he was coming back to america to play basketball and how he had been working out and all of the stuff training and but for the housewife fans the undertone was oh yeah like he does have you know an ex-wife and two kids and she's raising their two young kids but like now he's found love with this other woman and they're so in love and she he met her when someplace and she went to Europe to travel with him and Juan is gushing about how supportive this woman is and how he couldn't be doing any of this without her blah 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 bullshit and I'm thinking like my god Robin is telling the truth. Like she was literally at home raising his two small children while he was like gallivanting and, you know, dribbling the basketball and his dick all over Europe. 
So she really needs, like, thank God that Robin has some perspective on this and she's sharing it. And I noticed that Ashley was being very, like, politician about it. Like, "Mm mm-hmm, I hear what you're saying in that way that, like, people react to you when they're like, mm-hmm. Your situation is not my situation, but I'm not going to dog you out because that would be embarrassing for you. So I'm just going to be like, I'm going to sit here and nod and agree. But like, I don't, you know, your story is not my story. And I just feel like, ugh, I hate it when Ashley shuts down like that and she doesn't receive it. And I know that that's part like self-preservation on her part, because if she really did listen to Robin, which she absolutely should... She would have to tell herself some truths. And I could see how that would be very difficult for her to do. Anyway, let's move on. Um, So, (laughs) Karen then decides to check Giselle, who was just made these, like, wild claims about, you know, open the, the coffer about why Ashley is still with Michael and if they're okay. Karen points that trigger right back at Giselle and says, you know, I'm just wondering, like, why isn't Jamal around? Do you think that he's proud of you? (laughs) Because when a man's proud of a woman that he's with, like, he kind of wants to show her off. So, like, why? And Giselle's like, well, first of all, he lives eight states away. We're fine. Don't worry about it. We're good. We're good over here. Even Robin can't really defend Giselle in this moment. And she's like, you know, you don't bring him around and everybody else brings their men around. So, like, what's the deal? You could tell Giselle kind of felt like a knife to the heart over Robin even co-signing Karen about this. Because she clearly always expects Robin to be her kind of, like, her soldier her ride or die and defend her even if she doesn't necessarily agree. And I really appreciated Robin for saying like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense that you don't bring him around because we do see Jamal come to DC. He is around. He just isn't around the women. And you can't even say like, oh, it's just like he wants to be with his whole family because those girls don't want to be around him either the oldest one still probably wondering where her Nicki Minaj tickets are. And she got a damn steak in a restaurant that's now closed. (laughs) Didn't do her any good. Anyway. So they all have dinner. After dinner, Ashley goes to her room. She tries to call Michael once. Tries to call Michael twice. He's not picking up. She then calls Eve the nanny and Eve, because it's now seven o'clock in Potomac, which is Dean's bedtime. Eve's like, oh, I'm still with Michael, Dean, baby Michael. I'm still with Dean. (laughs) And he's really tired. He wants to go to bed. He's like getting fussy. I don't know where Michael is. I haven't heard from him. Ash is like, all right, let me call you back. So she calls Michael again. He picks up and he's clearly feeling some type of way. And he's like, well, I'm on my way home. I was in a meeting. And then he gets up. He, oh, this man has the audacity to get upset with her. And it was like, you know what? I can't be molested like this. <laughs> he says she molested him. And I know that that's like, maybe like a Brit, like a UK thing, an Australian thing, an English thing. Where, oh, 
you really said that this woman is molesting you by calling you three times, asking why you aren't home with your baby when you have not communicated with the nanny at all. And the baby wants to go to sleep. Dean wants to sleep. Where are you, Michael? Mm. How dare he? And then he hung up on her, which leaves Ashley in a puddle of tears on the bed saying, I just want to go home. I just want to be with my baby. This bitch hung up on her. Ooh, I better not catch Michael and his brittle bones in these streets because I will give it to him and I don't care about elder abuse. I'll just say that. Anyway. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Giselle goes to Robin. They're in the hotel room and Giselle's like, um, Robin, why did you not stick up for me when Karen said all that shit? And Robin stands her ground, even in private. And is like, yeah, well, it doesn't really make sense that you would say that. Or that you would not have Jamal around. Like, we want to see him. Everybody has to do this. And uh, Giselle's like, how are you going to say this to me? You don't even, you're not even married to the man that you're living with. She's like, yeah, but you see him. <laughs> and that's my point. <laughs> he is around. Um, Giselle says, you know, I do understand what you're saying. I hear it. I hear you now. I wasn't trying to hear it at the dinner table, but I do hear you now. But next time, like, can you, can you just support me? Like, I just feel like it would be like, no, no, she doesn't have to support you. (laughs) She literally doesn't. Like, how is it that like, even Robin has never even met Jamal? Even like, not even when they're filming. You've never even met this dude. You got to give Robin something to work with, you know? To even say like, okay, well, I've met him. It's cool. Like, she doesn't even have to approve of him, but she's like, you just be like, yeah, I've seen him. I said hello to him at an event. You didn't even have to go to dinner. I think even if Robin had just seen him in the flesh, all five foot four of him, she would probably be more than happy to support Giselle in this, but she can't because she has a principle. She has all the principles in the world. So then (laughs) you get Candace. Candace, girl, she has been milking. <laughs> and far be it for me to say that a person has been milking their abuse out. The fact that you got your wig dragged. Girl, 
the the pink post-it notes that she brought with she thought about it put them in her luggage all of that seven piece rose gold luggage it went in there somewhere brought a sharpie marker did a whole scene where I'm gonna write affirmations psst, write another affirmation rip write another one put them up on the mirror you're okay you were loved girl <laughs> put let the mouse go let the mouse go Monique is thousands of miles away from you at this point she is not going to come to Portugal to beat your ass probably I mean I didn't see the preview but it probably isn't going to happen and if not just call security those affirmations <laughs> why people don't stick up for Candace and maybe that's a shitty thing to say but this is why the drama of a pink post-it note on the mirror (sighs) that you brought on vacation anyway girls (laughs) oh my gosh so then we see Karen and y'all this was a great episode and we're talking about Maybe 36 hours of them being in Portugal. We barely get into day two before the episode ends. Karen goes over to Ashley's room. And I love Karen and Ashley's relationship of this, like, big sister, little sister, you know, auntie, niece kind of situation where Karen's really there to listen to her. And she will challenge her, but she won't challenge her too much. She'll listen to what Ashley's saying. And she'll just accept it, even though it's complete bullshit. <laughs> and she she just won't push her. So Karen says, basically, like, I'm still feeling some type of way about Giselle and Jamal. And I think, basically, she kind of needs to shit or get off the pot. Like, you can't be talking up this man all damn day long and we don't see him. Like, let it go. Or let us see him. Ashley, I think very rightfully says, you know, I think that uh, Karen has a check to cash with Giselle. And then we get all these flashbacks of the times where Giselle was shady about Ray, their relationship, Ray's finances, you know, the taxes. She's mocking them. She's wearing that Walmart t-shirt with hashtag free Uncle Ben hashtag tax reform on the back. And she says, you know, Karen's been waiting for this time to call Giselle out for something. And this is what she's doing. I don't think that Karen is wrong to do it, but I don't think that Ashley is wrong in what she's saying. (laughs) She's been waiting for this day. So then, you know, Ashley then tells Karen about what happened the night before where she tried to call Michael, couldn't get a hold of him. And she, again, makes all the excuses in the world for him and puts all of this onus the situation on herself and says you know I just feel like we well okay we do get a flashback of I guess Michael called a little bit later after probably after he got home and took a shower so nobody could smell you know the fragrances that were off his body from somebody else's body anyway he called Ashley back and apologized you know I should have communicated that I was late I'm sorry I'm sorry for you know upsetting you and you're absolutely right blah 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 So, obviously, Karen 
assumes and asks Ashley, like, is your reaction because of past hurt feelings with Michael? And Ashley's like, no, 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 it, it wasn't like, I just feel like I overreacted. And this was actually like a really great situation for us and a growth moment because I felt like Michael was really hearing me and accepting what I was saying and blah, blah, blah. And Karen, like I said, does not challenge her, but she does say, you know, I don't really think that that's the whole truth. And I think that Ashley probably needs to reassess why she's saying these things. So later on, the girls go to a cable car that takes them to the lunch that they're going at. And Wendy is still upset about Karen talking about her degrees. Karen made a very flippant, shady comment about these four degrees And you know what? Karen was right. Karen was right. And Wendy, the more she talks about it, is just kind of proving Karen's point of you can be as highly educated as you want to be or as you can be and you can be Dr. Wendy and all of that shit. But like, look at how you're acting now. You won't let the shit go. And Karen was simply saying like, there is a difference between being educated and being you know, book smarts and street smarts. And she doesn't think that Wendy has street smarts. And that's it. She keeps, like, dog with a bone with these four degrees. And it's weighing on everybody. And I will be damned if I have to hear about these four degrees ever again in life. I can't do it. So, we all know that Giselle was the one who instigated Wendy and being upset about this again. So when they all sit down for lunch, Giselle's like, oh, um, Karen, are you and Wendy okay from the conversation that you had? And Karen's like, well, yeah, because Wendy said she wanted to button the situation. Wendy's like, oh, yeah, I actually would like to unbutton it real quick. And then she goes into this whole spiel about how, you know, it took her six years to write her dissertation and it was 170 pages and. She had two children writing it and her father passed away. And the first page of this 170 page, six year taken long dissertation that she dedicated it to her family, which I'm sure probably everybody does when they write a dissertation. And, you know, you know, my degrees are not who I am, but God damn it, I earned that shit. And it's like, yeah. Two claps for you, but I feel like it's been six years and 170 pages of having to hear about this damn doctorate and dissertation. It's exhausting. Karen graciously is like, you know, I hear you. I don't ever want you to think that I was trying to talk down about the fact that you're educated and your degrees. I respect it. But let's move on. Let's move on, please. (laughs) God. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Then Karen again, because I think she knows now that Giselle is instigating Wendy being upset like she did last episode. Karen knew. I don't think that Wendy is upset with me because of what I said. I think she's upset with me because of what what uh, Giselle told her. <clears throat> so I will sit here and apologize to Wendy. Every time I will sit here and apologize to Wendy every time, but I'm going to turn my head and look at Giselle because I know that she's the one instigating the shit. So Karen 
lose her target. And says, I just want to be very clear in my intention of bringing up Jamal. And I just want you to know that I support you. And, and, And to tell you to be cautious. And I agree. I fully agree. Like, this man cheated on you before y'all got married. After y'all got married. Probably cheating on you right now. With any number of his congregant. How is this man? Here's like a side question. This man shows zero personality. For a black pastor in a mega church in Atlanta, I have never seen a more boring dry man (laughs) it seems it is not like he's not used to the camera you can't put that on that it's not like he's not used to public speaking can't put that on how is he so boring how is he so boring this man's job is to be charismatic to bring people to the church i i don't get it i don't get it anyway Giselle and Karen keep going back and forth and, you know, Karen says, you know, Giselle has opinions about my relationship with Ray. You have opinions on Ashley and Michael, but when it comes to you and Jamal, you're very guarded and Karen's like, well, you were actually really guarded in your relationship with Michael or uh, Ray. And she's like, yeah, of course I would. Am I going to tell everything to Satan? god so then Karen keeps going on and on Giselle picks up her phone and then we hear that FaceTime except and Jamal's boring face comes up on the screen and she's like oh Jamal I'm just at lunch I just want to say say hi to Robin here's Robin say hi to Candace Wendy here's Wendy Karen want to say hi to Jamal and Karen's like hi Jamal <laughs> and then Karen says in a talking head like that does not move me That man lives in your phone. (laughs) That was... He does live in her phone. Oh my god. And then Karen basically says, you know, if you're going to demand all of this stuff and all of this information from other people, you need to be giving what you're trying to get from people. Or keep it cute. Karen says, you know what? I'm not giving you shit because I don't give shit. Except shit. Okay. Oh, Lord. That was the end of the episode, y'all. What a great, great episode. This has been one of the best seasons of all of Housewives history. The Potomac ladies give it to you every time. And we all need to be more grateful for that. And with that, thank you guys so much for listening. Please give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you're able to. Thank me for speaking. Love you.